and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. Today's topic, cattle mutilations. Specifically, this is about the journey of one investigator and his search for the truth involving cattle mutilations. I found the article on BlaineCountyJournal.com and it's written by Steve Edwards. It's titled, Cattle Mutilations, Biggest Animal Cool Case File in the Nation? Question mark. It was published on December 11th, 2019. Now he begins the story uh, with, it says, uh, columnist note, I heard of cattle mutilations, but when we moved to the Sweet Grass Hills about this time a year ago, I began to learn about the specifics of these mysterious happenings. Bob Thompson and his family operate the 3U cattle ranch south of Whitlash. As we got to know the family, our conversations turned to a cattle mutilation on their ranch in the summer of 2018. They had photos to document the carcass of a yearling left in one of their pastures. The photos, well, weird and a bit unnerving. In the meantime, I dug out and read a book about mutilations in our region given to me some time ago. Mystery Stocks the Prairie documents an uptick in reported cattle mutilations that occurred in and around Cascade County from August 1974 to 1976. The authors, Robert Donovan and Keith Wolverton, wrote the book to share information about the mysterious events, hoping a cause might be discovered. Donovan was a reporter for Lewiston newspaper, and Wolverton was a former Cascade County Sheriff's deputy who helped investigate the more than 100 mutilations reported to the Sheriff's Office during that period, in the mid-1970s uptick and mutilations occurred all over cattle country in the western states. That's how I got interested in the topic. And here's some of what I learned about cattle mutilations in north-central Montana and one specific one in the Sweetgrass Hills. And then he says, here's some background information about cattle mutilations. It says, though cattle are most commonly targeted... Some of the earliest documented mutilations involved sheep and occurred in the environs of London in early 17th century. Up to 100 sheep would be found slaughtered with the tallow or fat and inward organs missing, carcasses and fleece still on the ground. And that seems a little odd. You would have thought back in the 17 or 1600s if they were slaughtering sheep, they, wanted to, they would have wanted to take the whole carcass uh, for food consumption, but apparently not. Not much was said of mutilations in the U.S. until 1967, when a mutilation of a horse in Colorado was national news and gave rise to the popular notion that some creatures from outer space might be responsible. Before that polarized case, the knowledge of mutilations was mostly confined to cattle-raising er, cattle areas. A statistic I found in several places states 10,000 reported cases of livestock mutilations were reported since 1967. However, I could find no official tracking of livestock mutilations. Increased reports of cattle mutilations occurred in the mid-1970s in areas from Oklahoma to Minnesota, including Montana. During this period in Montana, many local governments created groups to investigate the mutilations, and at one point, Congress pushed the FBI to search for explanations. 
Well, given recent events, I'm not sure we can depend upon the FBI to, to let us know what's going on. But I digress. Each livestock mutilation is unique, but has common elements. According to observers in our area who've seen many mutilations, about 80 to 85% follow this common pattern. Portion of the jaw is removed, sometimes an eye, as well as the tongue is missing. There's no blood on the ground around the carcass, and the animal's entire blood supply may be missing. Sexual organs are nearly always removed, and often other organs as well. An ear or part of an ear may also be missing. The process used to remove body parts is often described as surgical-like, and more recently, like it was done with a laser. Cut marks may appear serrated. On a few carcasses, there were two small puncture wounds visible on a front leg. In some cases, the hide had a crisp feel to it, like it was heated. Removed body parts are seldom found. Well, I just want to go back to the blood for a second. Remember, we talked about this before, where these 2,000-pound bloods 2,000 pound bulls would have, I think we said, 12 or 15 gallons of blood. And even think of a small uh, uh, yearling calf or cow. It's going to have 5 or 10 gallons of blood because think about how much blood a person has. Now to think that these things could be slaughtered and on the ground there and not to have a single drop of blood come out. I mean, if any of you have ever done any kind of hunting where you, you know, had to butcher deer or if you've been involved in in farm life where you've where you've had to process meat or even go to your local butcher shop if you still have one around you can see that when an animal is killed and butchered through that process there's a spillage of blood that's one of the biggest problems with slaughterhouses is how do they dispose of the blood yet we see these cows continually mutilated cut wide open and no blood around. And like I said here, not even blood on the inside. So where on earth is the blood going? And how in the world could some human perpetrator dispose of this stuff without leaving a single single drop behind? It goes on and says, Locations that reported carcasses have all, all also have common elements. The mutilations often occur in a depression and out of sight of any house or road. The mutilations are usually on soft ground, but, excuse me, Bob Thompson reported the the carcass on his ranch was in an area still soft from flooding earlier in the spring. There are never any vehicle, human, or predator tracks found near the carcass. Sounds of helicopters were sometimes heard in areas where mutilations occurred. Now let's just stop and think about that for a second. They say that they were sounds of helicopters, but unless the witnesses actually saw the helicopters, couldn't it be possible they were sounds of some other vehicle? I mean, we're talking, if, if we're going to entertain the possibility of UFOs here, so I'm not 100% sure. And if they were helicopters, were they simply uh, our own U.S. helicopters there to observe or to try to in- investigate themselves without letting us know what they're doing? One Montana observer said, even the grass under the carcass looks different than if an animal had simply laid down. No mutilation has ever been seen and reported in progress. The majority of mutilations happen during the warmer months. 
the mutilation at 3U Cattle Company, your whitlash. It says, man, this is out of the world, Bob Thompson, talking about this cattle mutilation. The mutilation at Thompson's ranch occurred in early June 2018. While the mutilation was much like others, there were differences. Now, hang on one second. We just had a mutilation in Oregon in August of 2019. But I've heard very little spoken about this mutilation on Thompson's ranch. 2018. That's just over a year ago. So you can see this stuff is going on and a lot of these cases are not getting a lot of press attention. Now while the mutilation was much like others, there were differences, they say. The weather was mild, but according to Thompson, a fog was in place before the carcass was found. Okay, I want you to think about that for a second, because this is something that we see in a lot of these missing person cases that Dave Politis is talking about, about these weather events, or this fog coming in. Is it possible that whatever is doing this is manipulating the weather? I mean, we can look up in the skies and see track after track of chemtrail being dumped on us every day. So we know we're being subjected to weather manipulation right now. Would it be a stretch to think that whatever these things are that are mutilating these cattle are somehow manipulating the weather locally so that they can do what they want to do under the cover of fog or rain or whatever? He says, the carcass, he explained, was in an area my son and I had both worked just days before the mutilation. He estimated the carcass had been in place about 48 hours. A major difference in this carcass was that the back half of the animal was missing, as well as the lungs and tongue. Now, he's got a picture of this thing on the website, and I'll tell you, it is spooky. At first, I thought maybe a bear had torn the rear portion off, having preyed on the animal in the fog. On closer inspection, we saw the rear portion had been cut away about the floating rib location with a very precise cut that circled the carcass. He added, it was weird that the animal had no smell of death and no flies were on the carcass initially. That's something we hear over and over again. Not only do uh, uh, carrion uh, predators come along, they don't come along. You don't even have flies coming along on onto these mutilated um, cattle's victims to, to lay eggs, which is really uh, strange. It was a Sunday morning, and some friends were coming to help move cows to a new pasture. The friends came back with Thompson to the site, and they began to search and take photos. Bob said, about 90 feet away, we found a pelvic bone, some vertebrae, and a couple of ribs. The bones were salmon-collared and still sticky with grass stuck on them. We couldn't find any other parts of the animal. Not sure about what might have caused the condition of the animal, Thompson remarked. Man, it was not of this world. Later, while moving the cows past the carcass, Bob noted the cows would look toward the carcass but made no move to go inspect it. Some say predators will not bother a mutilated carcass. In the case of the 3U animal, Thompson said, I saw some bird droppings on the carcass. Part of an ear was missing, and I assume the birds got that. He admitted the ear tip could also have been removed during the mutilation. In the weirdest twist of this case, the animal turned out not to be a 3U cattle animal, 
Bob Thompson said. Later, I got to thinking about how big that calf appeared. I counted my calves, and they were all accounted for. The mutilated carcass was a yearling, and that's why it seemed so big. A neighbor had earlier reported some yearlings missing, but no connections was ever established. So what's the cause? Wow. So we don't even know where this calf came from. I mean, maybe whatever mutilated this poor thing took it somewhere, did its business, and then just more or less randomly dropped it back near where it thought it belonged. You kind of see the same pattern here with these missing people cases in some of these national parks where they go missing and say it's a child or maybe a person who's not that physically fit, and they find him halfway up the side of a mountain. You know, it's a little kid you're talking about. They shouldn't be going uphill half a mile. They should be going downhill. But yet we'll find these missing people left at the top of the mountain with no memory of how they got there. It's almost like they were taken somewhere, whatever took them, did what they were going to do with them, and then just dropped them back on the side of the mountain like they were out tagging wild animals the same way we would do. You know, they, they take this thing, they experiment on it, and they return it. In the case of the cattle, they more than experiment. It's almost like they sacrifice them. Or maybe they're doing some kind of autopsy on them. Who knows? Sometimes they get put back where they belong, and it seems like sometimes they get put back uh, maybe near where they belong. It goes on. So what's the cause of livestock mutilations? People who study mutilations say some are clearly predator-caused. Others appear to have human involvement, and some are just inexplicable. One conjecture named a small variety of foxes with razor-sharp teeth that could make precise incisions. Buzzards and coyotes get some blame. The helicopter sounds reported in some areas cause some to think of a government operation, maybe to do something related to the food chain or mad cow disease. Some events are attributed to cults, perhaps seeking body parts for rituals or students doing pranks. The 1967 theory first attributing to mutilations to space aliens and UFOs is still around. Interestingly, cattle mutilations seem similar the world over. Well, that makes it even more likely that the culprit here would be something that's non-human. Unnatural. Bob Thompson summed the discussion of causes this way. I was never a believer in UFOs or space aliens. However, this incident on our place makes me question if there is something not of this world involved in the mutilations. A friend of mine talks a lot about Bigfoot. Truthfully, I've never begun to look at the phenomena. Truthfully, I've even begun to look at the phenomena in a new light. Well, this is what happens when people are smacked in the face with reality. They have to start approaching how they believe in things a little differently. Meanwhile, no completely acceptable explanations of the mutilations are forthcoming. Well, it's worse than that. No one's come up with anything remotely close to what could be causing this thing. It goes on here at the article, and it has some pictures of the of the cow that was cut in half. It's really just bizarre. It's out here in the middle of a prairie. There's a big butte off in the distance, and it looks like, for one thing, it makes you wonder where where were the other cattle at. It, it it's like it's like this thing was just picked up in one place and dropped out here in the prairie. He says they were moving the cattle, so the cattle weren't there. So this this 
this cow that was mutilated appears to have obviously been picked up from location A, taken somewhere, it's been cut in half, had its organs cut out, and then just basically dropped out over the, pl- over the prairie. It's, it's sitting there splayed out, the front half, the back half is missing. They said they found a few bones lying around there. But this is some really strange stuff, almost more strange to me than what we saw in Oregon. But what this author points out and what this article demonstrates is that you know, 10,000 cattle mutilations, all right, there are thousands and thousands of cases that are all quite similar. And the one question that has never been answered is what has happened to the blood? Very simple. If you can't explain where the blood went, then whatever explanation you're offering does not hold water. When we look at these cases like cattle mutilation, we have to reduce it down to its simplest elements. There's a lot of stuff going on here we can't explain. But there's one big thing we can't explain. It's very simple. And that is the blood has disappeared. No blood on the ground, no blood on the animal, and no blood in the animal. Now that's a big deal, and it's a very simple thing to observe. What happened to the blood? Now when the authorities come along, or when investigators come along, or debunkers come along, and they want to propose all sorts of different solutions to this problem. They want to talk about cults. They want to talk about black helicopters. They want to talk about grizzly bears. They, If we are to pay any attention to them, if they deserve to be listened to, then they must explain what happened to the blood. And if their answer is, I don't know, then their explanation is not any more valuable then one of us saying, well, perhaps this was an off-world entity that did this. Perhaps this was a UFO. This is what we have to look at in these cases. Remember this. You have to reduce it down to its simplest facts. And the simplest fact here is, and these mutilations we see over and over again, is the lack of blood. And until somebody can, can explain that, then we have no explanation. Now, if you like the program, stop by anchorfm.com and you can become a sponsor, uh, make a donation. That's appreciated. But until next time, this is UFO Warning, over and out.